0: Hey guys welcome back to truth podcast i am so excited i am pumped y'all this is the last episode of the series that i started it's not the last episode of the season i'm i kind of want to get some guests on first but this is the last episode of the series that i prepared which was a series entitling the things that a lot of teenagers deal with such as high schoolers middle schoolers or just young adults in general people in college deal with or most people deal with in general. And it was depression, self image, temptation, anxiety. Well, we've got three of the four of those out. So if you've listened to the past episodes, you know that self image is our last our last episode and our last thing that we have to do. So this is the episode that it's on. I'm gonna talk about self image with y'all today. If you follow me on Instagram, y'all saw something that I posted that kind of like hinted towards this and it was a it was a tweet. By Chris Durzo and it said, How can you feel worthlessness when Jesus was the currency used to pay for your life? And that just that hit home with me. I loved it. I was like, That's amazing. I have to share that. I was like, just a reminder, y'all are worthy because you are. Every single one of you are worthy. It tells you in the Bible that you are made in God's image and that you came from the mother's womb and that he made you worthy in her womb. That he made you worth that he gave you worth and purpose. That you are beautifully made in his image. Well, first off, let's just go ahead and get started. But before we do, I just want to kind of clear something up. I'm going to be talking about the perfect ideology of what a female should be or what a young girl or a woman should be and how that standard is completely unfair to women and completely unfair to what the Bible tells us we should be. And I'm going to do the same thing As much as I know about a male's perspective, as much of what I've heard from friends who are guys, from what I've seen people who are men struggle with, which I've seen adults that are men struggle with. I'm not an expert on that subject. I'm obviously not a guy. Sorry. Hate to break it to y'all. But definitely not a male. So I don't exactly know their full experience, but I'm going to try to hit on that. But what I want to clear up is this is not an episode where I'm trying to say this is a male struggle and this is a female struggle. And this is why one is harder than the other. Because that doesn't matter. As Christians, we shouldn't be so focused on who's struggling more rather than how do we help each other in our fights and in our demons and in our temptations. How do we put those struggles at bay and fill that that emptiness with God instead of my struggle is harder than your struggle. This is something that my friend told me the other day that I loved and that I want to share with you all. I'm going to be quoting Lily Archangel here. Lily told me the other day, she said, Kayla, not everyone's struggle is to the same extent. You might not be struggling as much as another person, but your struggle still hurts and it's still hard. No matter whether another person's hurt seems harder, it doesn't mean that it's more important or more worse than your own. Everyone's struggle is different, but it doesn't mean that it's any harder than someone else's. So with that in mind, let's jump in. I'm going to start off with the female ideology because obviously I'm a girl so like kind of have almost 16 years of experience in that subject yeah in like a week I'll be 16 so I have a good amount of experience in the area of being a female you know well let's just go ahead and start off with this perfect figure this perfect body type that I feel like every single young girl tries to attain you know I used to do this a lot in middle school because I was a fat little middle schooler. Oh my gosh y'all. I was so chubby. <laughs> I look at pictures of me then and pictures of me now and it's so different. Like I had all that baby fat and it's funny to me now because I weigh I obviously weigh more now than I did when I was in middle school but it's more muscle because I, I do weightlifting, things so like it's so much different and it's so funny to me but I remember being in middle school and wanting to attain that hourglass figure literally i tried to come up i always try to give y'all like definitions like the internet definitions like what people try to look up and see and what i found was the definition of a perfect body type was literally an hourglass figure that's the only way they could describe it was an hourglass figure i was like that's the best y'all have for me are you kidding me an hourglass figure figure and then I looked some more and they gave they give you on um on the internet if you like go to Google and you look up ideal female body or ideal female measurements they say the specific proportions of an ideal female body is 36 to 24 to 36 inches around the waist such as an hourglass figure Oh my gosh that is Literally impossible unless you're born like that or you work out every single day. I don't understand. But yes, most people know this know this ideology. But let me just explain it for y'all real quick. What I hear a lot of times from people who are trying to meet or match up to that perfect ideal figure or ideal like style is they wanna be about an A or B cup. You know, they wanna have smaller boobs, a smaller chest. They want to have, like, a medium-sized bottom. They want to have a really small waist and look petite. And you don't want to be too tall. Because if you're too tall and you're dating a shorter guy, you, you like, overpower their masculinity. So you don't want to be too tall, you all, You kind of want to be around the average height, which is, like, I'd say 5'6", five, 5'7". Five, Anywhere from 5'5 five, five to 5'7 five, is kind of, like, the average height. You kind of want to be there. Um... You want to be sexy you want to be hot you want to show your body off you want to show the people that you're a woman and that you're beautiful and that you're gorgeous like look at me I'm amazing I'm gorgeous you also want to be modest like you don't want to show off too much and you want to maintain your chastity you want to maintain your virginity you don't want to you know just throw yourself around like garbage but you want to be sexy that's one of the things I hate most about our culture is that so many girls are trying to be sexy and beautiful and flirtatious, kind of like all these models that you see on TV. I just... Why can't natural beauty be a thing? Why can't naturally perfect beauty be a thing? Why can't modest be beautiful? I I love... like the modest female idol like that's just that's amazing to me i think that there's something super special about natural beauty and about loving who you are as a person loving who you are on the inside and then feeling beautiful on the outside because of it i think there's something so special about that but because we learn we live in a materialistic world obviously that's not the ideology that we have for ourselves. But here's a verse that I found that talks about loving the world. So this verse is 1 John two fifteen, and it says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the father is not in them. I like that verse and I feel like it relates to this so much because so many girls are so in love with all these supermodels and all these, these dietary habits and all these weight loss habits and all these other things to kind of make themselves look like that perfect hourglass figure that most people will never attain. And they love that ideology of themselves and they love that version of themselves instead of the version of themselves that God created, the beautiful, perfect version that he made in his image out of his flesh, out of, out of the soil, out of himself, that perfect, everything that God makes is perfect. And I feel like that is what we should be seeking, that is what we should be after. And what do I mean by that? I mean, God's idea of a beautiful person, of a beautiful thing, what the Bible tells us is beautiful is the inside. The Bible tells us caring for your neighbors, caring for one another, loving your brother, loving your sister. The Bible tells us having a heart of worship, having a heart for God, having a drive to tell others, having discipleship, evangelism. All of that is what makes us beautiful, not these materialistic, worldly things that we love and that we seek after day after day. Another verse is Romans 12, 2. And it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. This is just another verse that shows that do not conform to the pattern of this world. I see so many females, so many females, and this goes for males too. So many females wanna go out and be sexy and be that ideal figure and be that ideal female. And so many guys wanna go out and be that ideal male, you know, who's ripped and who's masculine and who's, who's just, who's that ideal person that the world has created for all of us to be. And I know y'all know what I'm talking about because if you have social media, That is the number one source of showing us that this is what you should be. But the thing that I love about social media is, even for me, when I'm posting like the perfect picture that I took of me and my friends, just right after that, I'm probably gonna take off all the makeup and get into my PJs with my penguins on them and sit in my room and just chill for the next 50 minutes. Or one of the things that I think is so funny when girls like when people are on Snapchat and they're Snapchatting other people and they're so worried about like what the picture is going to look like, they'll take that photo a thousand different times just to send it to one person. See, people on social media will seek this perfect body and this perfect ideal person and look at another person and say that they have the perfect life. But when that post goes up and they go home, that's not what their life is like. It never is. What we see is what people want us to see and what the world wants us to see. And what we see is what the world wants us to be and what we should be seeking in a world's perspective. But in God's perspective, we should be seeking Him. We should be seeking love and we should be seeking a kind and caring heart that worships God and disciples for him and tells others of him. So that's my take on the female struggle. Now this is my take on the male struggle. You see, I've, I've seen some of my guy friends and relationships and how they interact with people and how they interact with themselves and they always tend to put up that front of masculinity. And I looked up the definition for toxic masculinity. And it said that toxic masculinity is defined as a male gender role, as an exaggerated masculine trait, such as being violent, unemotional, sexually aggressive, and so forth. Also suggests that men who act too emotional or maybe aren't violent enough Don't do all the things that real men do. That makes me so angry. Because as females, we always say that guys set up such high standards for us. And that guys set up all these difficult, unattainable goals that they say they want. And they're perfect girl. And I'm not saying guys aren't guilty of that. But I'm saying that we are too. Most females have an ideal of their perfect guy and they are always or most always taller than that girl they're usually pretty fit like you can see their muscles they have abs they're ripped um they usually have nice hair a nice smile the girls always want them to be able to pick them up which i think is so funny like to take cute couple photos, girls always want guys that can pick them up and can carry them around. And they always want someone who's masculine, who puts off that way of that. But they also want someone who's emotional and is not afraid to be themselves around them. It's just, it's the same as saying that a guy wants a girl who's super fun and can hang out with the boys, but also be like super into them and is five four and blonde and has blue eyes because girls do that too. That's why I'm sitting here trying to say that no one struggles harder than the other because everyone kind of does the same thing to each other. You see, what I think is with all of that when it was talking about toxic ma- masculinity saying that they're violent, unemotional, sexually aggressive, but it's also toxic masculinity to be too emotional. That's a walking contradiction. I think that toxic masculinity can also be in a form of being toxic to yourself. I've seen so many of my guy friends. I'm going to kind of jump into like a relationship standpoint that will put their feelings aside and will put themselves down for the sake of trying to build their girlfriend up. I mean, one of my really good friends did this in a relationship just this past year. He would constantly bury down his emotions and sacrifice his feelings for another girl and would constantly sacrifice his thoughts and make himself feel worse about himself just to make his girlfriend happier and that's toxic and that can also be toxic masculinity in the way that he was trying to be more manly for her and that's not right you see in a relationship, one of the things that I love, my, one of my counselors, Monica, she showed me this. She's an intern at our church. She told me this thing of how love should be like a triangle between a man and a woman. See, at the bottom of each base, you have the man and you have the woman on the other side. And as they're getting closer and as they're building their relationship together, they kind of go up in a diagonal because as they build up and they build each other up, they're equally, listen to me, equally building each other up in the Lord in his work and his love until they meet at the middle. And when they're finally at the best they can be, they're also the best godly person they can be because they helped each other make it there. That is what I want to see in relationships. I want to see young men and women going out and building each other up in their insecurities, taking on their flaws, taking on each other's hates about themselves about their biggest fears and their regrets and their worries, but also taking on their love for the Lord and building that up in each other until you have this amazing Christian person with another amazing Christian person who are equally in love with themselves and also in love with the Lord. That's what I want. That's what I pray for when I think of the guy that I want to marry. I want someone who is on fire for Christ and someone who will go out with me and not be afraid to ask our waiter, hey, is there anything we can pray for you today? Hey, um, is there anything that we can do for you today? Hey, have you heard this verse? Or won't be afraid to go out and counsel and disciple and tell other people about God. Y'all, I'm getting so passionate around right now just talking about this. Because as young men and women for Christ, we should be building each other up in that same way and not tearing down each other's insecurities. So... I kind of want to jump onto another topic that I've kind of talked about the singular insecurities of men and women both and kind of how relationships should work with God um, I want to talk to y'all about how you can help your friends when they feel insecure this is something that I told one of my friends a while back and this is what I said to her she was ranting to me about how she was insecure about her body and how she was insecure about the way she looked. And I told her this, that I could tell her all day long that she was beautiful and that she was gorgeous and she was perfectly made by God. But until, until she saw that for herself, my words would just be empty and they wouldn't mean much. And that's almost a sad way to think about it, but there's not much that I can do as a human being to help out someone who doesn't love the way that they look and doesn't love themselves as a person. That's only something that I feel like God can fix. Now, of course, it's great to be there for your friends and to let them tell you what they're feeling and to be there and to sit down with them and to talk with them about how they're hurting and about their pain and their hardships. And maybe tell them yours as well so that they don't feel so alone. But that is only something that God can fix. See, when I was in middle school, I was always super insecure about my stomach. Because I my stomach, even though I was a bigger girl, most bigger girls still have kind of have a flatter stomach, just a bigger like build. My stomach pokes out and like curves. And I don't know the best way to describe that. But that's the best I can do. And it just made me hate the way I looked. I absolutely hate the way I looked. And I would always try to wear like baggier clothes. And I still kind of do that. But not more because I'm insecure. Just because I kind of like that style now. But that's besides the point. Um, but I was super insecure with my body. And my friends could tell me all day long. That they thought I looked great in something. Like that That picture of me was amazing that I looked beautiful in it but until I finally took a hold card a cold hard look in the mirror and told myself that I was beautiful and battled the devil and him telling myself that I was ugly with God's word and until I went to God with my emotions and my insecurities I was still feeling that way but when I finally battled my insecurities with prayer and told God about my insecurities when I finally battled the devil and those thoughts with verses it wasn't until then that I finally felt beautiful and it was a daily thing it took every single day every second whenever I felt insecure to tell myself no no get these thoughts out of your head because you are beautiful through God and what I love about that is God tells us that we he never gives us more than we can handle And he gives us verses. He gives us his word and tells us ways to battle insecurities and to battle fear and anxiety. This is Ephesians Ephesians 6, 10 through 14. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put on the full armor of God. So you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. So for those of you who don't know what the full armor of God is um it's mainly just the bible it's verses comparing things such as the sword or the ch- the belt or the chest plate or the helmet to the things of god such as it says stand firm then in verse 14 it says stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and the breastplate of righteousness in place it tells you the things that god gears you up with to battle the devil such as truth and righteousness and in Ephesians he shows us these things and gives us these examples so that we can battle our insecurities and I use these to battle mine all the time and I'm going to share them with you right now so the armor of God is first the belt of truth then you have the breath plate of righteousness the shield of faith the helmet of salvation the sword of the spirit and prayer i love that prayer is added into the armor of god because as christians i feel like we take advantage of prayer so much and it's so like underrated like we don't use it as much as we should Prayer is a very valuable weapon that God has given to us to battle our demons and to battle the devil and to battle the things that we struggle with, especially our insecurities. And a lot of times we just underrate it and we don't use it as much. But prayer is part of the armor of God. And that is one of the things that God provides to us in the Bible. One of the examples to show us how to battle our insecurities, how to battle anxiety how to battle depression how to battle temptations and of course god always tells us that he is never going to tempt us with more than we can deal with some wisdom that was dropped on me the other day by one of my mom's friends and a very close family friend of ours she dropped this wisdom on me she said whenever i'm feeling angry or impatient or hurt or upset i remind myself of the fruits of the spirit to kind of help myself stay patient and stay kind. And for those of you who don't know, these are the fruits of the Spirit. Love, peace, faithfulness, joy, goodness, gentleness, patience, self-control, and kindness. And some of y'all may be asking, like, why did I share those past two things with you? Well, I shared them with you Because of the fact that even though when we're in our darkest moments and when we're afraid and we have all these insecurities and these things that we were so hurt over. God has given us examples and given us verses in the Bible and given us things to battle those insecurities, to battle all of these issues. So that's kind of how I'm going to end this series, y'all. This was my series. I know it didn't have a name. It was just kind of the top four things that high schoolers, college students, middle schoolers, basically most young people and people in general deal with didn't have a good name. It didn't have a very, didn't have a name at all, but that was my series. And I guess I'm just going to pray us out, guys. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for everything you've done for us. God, I want to pray for, first off, all the people being affected by the coronavirus, God. People who have lost family members, the people who are struggling, the people who are sick, and the people who are just losing all these opportunities and losing other things due to this pandemic. God, I pray that you'll put your healing hand over this world and over these families and these people, God. You'll help the sick to be healed and the grieving to be at peace. God, I want to pray specifically over Joe Austin's family. He's a Milton High School coach, if any of you know him. I want to pray over him and his family. Recently, this past few weeks, he has gone to heaven to be with you, God. And I'm just praying over his family right now, Lord, that you'll give them peace and guidance through this dark time. You'll give his son and his wife peace and guidance, Lord, and strength through you to help them get through this, Lord, and to come out stronger. God, I pray over my mom as she is sick and she's getting better very quickly, Lord, but that you'll just keep her getting better and keep her becoming healthier. God, I pray over all the students and the teachers and the administrators as we go back to school. You'll keep everyone healthy and happy, but mostly abiding by you, God, and letting that be our mission field. God, as Christians, that will go and will share your word. Lord, thank you for everything done for us. In your name I pray. Amen. Well, guys, that was the end of my podcast episode. I am so happy that y'all came and listened to it. I hope y'all have a great day and I'll see you on the next episode next week. Bye, guys.